Hey guys, what's up? This is Matheus Calera, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> Oh, it must be Wednesday. I can't wait to get into the comic talk. I need you guys. I need you. I'm here, guys. Someone's got to be my boomer tonight. Chris is all the way over here. Dude, seriously? I'm going to be playing this game today. Being rather silly and porridge hosting. I bet you're grilling bear. Come and share it. You're welcome. We can share it. Yellow comes on it's eight degrees and i'm like how have i gotten to the point where eight degrees <laughs> yes. feels kind of warm yeah that's great and then and then i wake up on monday morning and the you know, turn on the tv and the first thing i hear is the weather caster and and he goes oh we're gonna be all the way up into the 20s today and he was like i'll fucking cheery about it yes. <laughs> and it was just like oh boy all the way up into the 20s it's a fucking heat wave oh this is awesome yeah i'm kind of done with winter <laughs> I hear you. I wish it would just go away. Yeah, it's broke me. I'm I'm broke. You busted. I'm busted. I have. Uh, yeah, it's it's the it's the scene out of 1984. The winner has done the rats in the cage scene with me. I'm done. It broke me. Yeah, <laughs> I will give up. I will give up whoever I have to for winter to go away. <laughs> That's funny. Oh my goodness. It, it won't be long now, Christopher. I'm ready for baseball. Oh, I have something to tell you that's very important tonight. Okay. But, unfortunately, I left the specifics in the other room, so when one of you talks, I'm going to put myself on mute and run and get it, because, Chris, yes. you are going to go ape shit. Cool. Yes. I'm looking forward to going ape shit. And I'm very unprepared. I'm sorry. It's okay. Those are the best episodes. Unprepared. Unprepared means spontaneity, which means real. Right. Yeah. Hey, everybody, it's the real episode 306 of 11 O'Clock Comics, and I am Vince B., and I'm not prepared. Sure. Vince, this is like the first time in a month that we've talked to each this other. That's true. Yeah. I know, this, right? Let's make it a good it's one. It's been a month, because I'm Christopher Neesman, and I'm I'm back after a couple weeks off. Hey, welcome back, Chris. I'm David Price. That's now, it. I'm, That's I'm it. Not really. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I, I have a couple of notes. I remember things I read, but I really didn't uh-huh. jot anything down, so I'm going to... But to, to oh, be honest, so. the thing the thing that we read, we really don't need to prepare because it's just like falling off a horse. It's old hat. We've been we've been reading this character forever and ever like, and ever no, and ever. No, it's like riding a bicycle. It's not like falling off a horse. It depends on what part of the state you're in. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like backdooring a cow. Wait a minute, what does that mean? Uh, northeast Pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. And you don't have to backdoor a cow to get cheap comic books. All you have to do is go to Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you and everybody in your family and everybody you know can get their comics for dirt cheap, such as from Oni, it's The Bunker, Volume 1. 
written by Joshua Hale Fialkov, art by Joe Infernari. It's the first collection. Cover price, $20. Not your price. No way. You get it for $9.99. That's 50% off. I love this cover. Did you see the cover? No. I don't think I did. It's gorgeous. It's uh, the one with the, the pinkish-purple light. Uh, casting down on the character and he's surrounded by boxes and, and bric-a-brac and they have the really nice graphic treatment of the lines over it. It's beautiful. And I love the logo too. So you gotta get this book. And another must order. Chris may groan, but I, I strongly, strongly recommend, all caps, boldface, I strongly recommend that you order this. Um, it is from Dark Horse. It's called Dragon Girl Monkey King. The Art of Katsuya Terada. It's a hardcover. I love art books. I have the uh, really hard-to-get thousand-page Raku Gaking slipcased uh, art book of his. I have the, uh, I think it's called uh, Zenbu, Terada Kats- Katsuya Zenbu book. This guy is one of the world's greatest illustrators. I'm not shitting you. It's coming out from Dark Horse. It's a hardcover. It's like 200 and... 200 and some pages. Cover price is 40 bucks. Who the hell wants to pay 40 bucks for a hardcover? Nobody. At DCBS, you're going to get it for 50% off. $19.99. You're not going to get it cheaper than that anywhere. Not even Amazon. So write that down. Katsuya Terada. He's great. And last but not least, from the image people, it's Umbral Trade Paperback Volume 1. Out of I'm pushing all David's buttons tonight. Out of the Shadows, written by Anthony Johnston and art by the spectacularly. Is it Anthony or is it Anthony? It's Anthony. It's Anthony. Well, see, that's a problem with me because in my family, everyone called Anthony is pronounced Anthony. Well, yeah. So it could be, yeah. Okay, Anthony Johnson. Anthony Johnson. Anthony Johnson. That does not sound like a white man. And Bunny, art by the spectacularly talented Christopher Mitten. Oh, good God, I love his stuff. <laughs> cover, cover price nine ninety nine. Respect, because it's the first uh, five issues. <laughs> you take it home for $4.99. Get out of here. DCService.com. Super, super discounts. Just go there. Two, two things. Chris uh, Mitten posted a, like a, I don't know if it was like a charity piece or just a sketch piece. He did a, a Hellboy Pin up and post it on mm-hmm. Facebook. Oh god, it was just absolutely, you know, just like stop you in your tracks. Beautiful. And, um, yeah, it's funny that you talked about backdoor in a cow because that always makes me think of a particular comic. What, whenever, whenever you think backdoor in a cow, what comic do you think of? King Zombie. Yes, exactly. <laughs> where, where else have you seen anyone backdoor a cow in a cow? It just what? always comes to mind. And what, that, the, he got that, what, one issue out and that was, yeah, I think that was the that was the deal. Was that the was, was, yeah, I think so. But it's a beautifully illustrated one issue, and it has a zombie back door and a cow. <laughs> so bad. I must put that in the liner notes. King zombie. But seriously, I'm so wrong. Get thyself to Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. You, they don't mind late orders or order editions, and you can get your previews really, really cheap. A dollar twelve cents. Come on, it's a no brainer. Don't make us hunt you down. Yeah. Take it away. Take it away. Um, so obviously it's time to read some shit. Um, I got a couple, a couple Kickstarter 
originated projects to talk about. One of them I, I bought um, from you know through Kickstarter and so rusty. What? What? Oh, you're skipping. Sing. Oh, you're skipping. oh, it's you're yes. Sing. I'm drying out. I'm actually drinking water tonight. Me too. Oh, really? Wow, it's like the bizarre episode. Should I say you're disappointing me now? Yes. That's why. You're I'm, disappointing me, Chris. It's, um, drying out. Yeah, I'm drying out a little bit. I had, man, I've been, I've been curling a lot. And, and that's not why I haven't been here the last couple of weeks. The first week I was, I seriously was sick. I had the horrible flu. And then, uh, and then last week my wife and I had a makeup date for our anniversary dinner. And Aww. it was, uh, it was kind of this, deal at this restaurant it was like this great prefix a menu and so that's why we had to do that um but uh yeah i've been curling a lot and drinking a lot so it's like i'm gonna dry out for a few days so yeah i'm letting everyone down but drinking water how about you david you're probably the only one drinking here i am uh drinking some 1792 ridgemont reserve barrel select kentucky straight bourbon whiskey oh wow that's good stuff it is good stuff got a couple ice cubes in it it's good stuff Enjoy. So there's only one of us here that actually has hair on their chest yeah, right now. That's okay. Yeah. I had hair in reserve, so that's okay. Oh, I got plenty of hair. So it's all on the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the butt. Mm-hmm. So. so, um, my, my first, oh, I was, can I, can I go on and talk? You, Is you it okay have if to I go first. About some comics? Yes, we, please uh, do. Actually, this one isn't, I wouldn't, uh, would not describe it as a comic, but it is, um, um, it's by a guy that we've talked about quite a bit. It's, uh, uh, Rick Geary. His latest Kickstarter has, has come out. Um, did you order this, David? I did not. Um, Vince will love this for so many reasons. Um, Jason, does it have people back to in a cow in it? No. Well, no, it, <laughs> no, it might if that's one of the rumors, but I don't think it is. Uh, this is. Did you see A is for Antichrist? I did. This is, it's A for, A is for Antichrist, Obama's Conspiracy Alphabet by Rick Geary. And it is, it is amazing in every conceivable way. It is like an old school alphabet book, you know, like A is for Apple, uh, where it goes through every, every letter in the alphabet and has a different, uh, drummed up crazy conspiracy theory. Um, my, here, one of my favorites is, uh, where are you, F? F is for FEMA. Um, the president will order FEMA to establish concentration camps throughout the country pending the next national emergency. And it's got this amazing Rick Geary um, illustration of a concentration camp with a FEMA helicopter flying over it. Is that that's not unique to Obama though? They were saying that when Bush was in too. Yeah, but I mean, it's, yeah. yeah, but well, that's the whole thing. And without and everyone's like, oh, here goes Chris. He's going to go on a political rant. But without no. without going on a political rant, it's like that's kind of the point of a lot of this is these are the same kind of weirdo conspiracy rumors from the past administration that seem to now be switched and are completely owned by by Obama. Um, <laughs> they, they grandfather the domain. Yeah, you know, what T is for third term and the rumors that Obama has <laughs> scrapped the 22nd Amendment. Uh, I'll tell you, yeah. at the end of the Bush administration, we were really fearing a third term. Seriously. Oh, Even yeah. the thought of oh, it. Sure. Oh, I, you Shoot. like this one, X? Uh, X is for Malcolm X because Obama is the son of Malcolm X. <laughs> but yeah, so it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's very, very tongue in cheek and very hilarious, but it's, uh, beyond what, you know, no matter what your, your political views are, or if you can't see the, the hilarity of how stupid a lot of people are, 
Uh, oh, no, the one that you would love is L for Wizard King, because apparently there's uh, a group of people that think that Obama is actually um, um, a, a giant lizard that will take over the rep- earth. Reptilian. Yeah, that's the David Icke influence, yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's it's amazing. So where does Geary fall in the political spectrum? I'd say he's pretty far left, I would guess. Okay, okay. I mean, this is very much pointing the finger and making fun at... At the ultra crazy far right wing, right. so yeah, I would I would I would guess that he's very left. So anyway, A, A is for Antichrist. Rick Geary's great. Get um, um, the Monster of Chicago. We've talked about that before, which is uh, about um, H. H. Holmes, uh, the Devil in the White City, which is um, really fantastic. Actually, uh, Dave Windorf turned me onto that, and that's kind of what turned me into a into a Geary fan. And uh, he's pretty. Active on Kickstarter. If you want to, if you want to stay up with what Rick Geary is doing, he's a guy that seems to have, you know, gotten a, a, a decent enough following of fans that they'll support his Kickstarter projects. And they're usually like, you know, two or three grand and it's for, you know, a small graphic novel or, or like this silly hard, hardcover book. But, um, Geary's great. Um, and I can wait or I can talk about my next book, but. Or we can round it. Well, we let, let let's just spin it around. Yeah, yeah. David, yes, sir, step up. What would you like me to step up with? Oh, you can step up with anything. I just love to hear your voice. It's not April Fools, is it? It's uh, no. let's see. Um, <laughs> well, okay. Should we get the? We'll get this one out of the way. <laughs> it's like a chore. No, because it's it's. I know how you felt about it. You 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 touched on it on the forum and 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 you hit me up with the Twitter DM and and I read it and I was I was kind of. Oh, you're, you're talking Fantastic I Four. I'm talking Fantastic Four. Uh, okay. Yeah, we can talk about. Um, because then I'll I'll talk about the good shit. But um, I mean, I haven't read a Fantastic Four in a good long. I, I did read the first issue when when Fraction and Bagley started it off. Um. And then I didn't. So it's been a while since I read Fantastic Four again. So you have um, James Robinson and Leonard Kirk and Carl Kessel. And for the first time in uh, probably over 100 issues or how many years, a Fantastic Four comic is not colored by Paul Mounts. That's very true. I'm glad you brought oh, that up. That's, that's a big deal. It is a big deal. That's he quietly, deal. he quietly stopped coloring Fantastic Four with this issue, with this book, with this series. Um, and I, I like Leonard Kirk. Loved him with Agents of Atlas. Thought, uh, Captain Britain and MI13 was good fun. Um, so I like Leonard Kirk's style. And, uh, and it's always good to see Carl Kessel linking anybody. Um, so I was, I was kind of, I was coming at it from a few different things, from, from a few different directions because, you know, it, I, I like Fantastic Four and, and, um, <laughs> and I, you know, and, 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 and I can thank John Byrne for that, for, for, uh, trying to bring him back to that flagship status. And, and they, uh, it was an interesting, um, first issue. Yeah, it, it was interesting. I, um, I, you you couldn't you really couldn't ignore some of the things that went on in there. It wasn't it wasn't like one of those uh 
interim issues between creative teams or, you know, like a wait and see kind of book. Right. He, it hits the ground, like it, it smacks you in the face within the first couple pages. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're definitely setting the tone and, um, but it's not. Well, why don't you tell them what the tone is just so we can, you know, set the stage for what we're going to say. It starts off with, with, uh, or, well, Sue is writing a letter to her children and, um, and since I wasn't reading the previous series, I don't know if this picks up where it left off. I know it touches on some things because in the book, Ben goes and talks to Alicia and says that, you know, um, I know it's been a while since we saw each other. I'm back and we're not, you know, gallivanting off and, and, um, that was cute. So it's, yeah, I mean, it, they, Robinson, with the exception of Willie Lumpkin, I pretty much saw, and there's a reason, and, and I pretty much saw, um, everything that I would expect to see, even even bringing Hickman's influence in it with the whole with with, with the brain trust and and all the smarts right. in, in, in the house. So, um, right. you know, I I I appreciate that it it touched on a little bit of everything that I'm familiar with as far as the Fantastic Four. Even even um, yeah, the, the, there were Homie did his his homework because he he, he talked about. The big bad, literally, was Fin Fang Foom in this issue, and mm-hmm. uh, and and Reed, while talking to Nick Fury, you know, talked about Foom's other personalities. I'll call them. But um, well, you could never accuse James Robinson of not doing his research, or and he probably didn't even have to do the research. He probably already was aware of many of the things that have transpired over the years. So, I mean, he, he does, that's the one thing about Robinson. Just look at JSA. The, the man is very adept yeah. at, at, at bringing the past into the present, so to speak. Uh, but it starts off with, um, with Susan writing a letter to her children and, um, just Valeria. While, no. Yeah, because isn't Franklin still in the building? Check the, uh, Check, check. I'll, I'll bring the issue up while I'm talking, but. No, it's both of them. Okay. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, so, she's writing them a letter and, and she is, um, she's basically telling them that things aren't as great <coughs> as, as they used to be. Um, uh, Ben, <coughs> your uncle Ben is in prison. He's, he's in jail, uh, awaiting trial. Um, for murder. Murder of all things. You have, uh, your uncle Johnny is, um, basically kind of doing Johnny things, but he's not, um, it's almost like he's, he's, he's running away and almost turning inward at the same time. He's just not there. And, um, it's, it's like the cosmic rays gave him ultra narcissism. Yeah. That's his power. Awesome. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, Reed is, I, I kind of want to say Reed is being Reed. I mean, you know, he's he's in his um, he has his experiments and he has, you know, I mean, that's that's not unusual for me. Um, ben and Johnny, on the other hand, I I need to see why they are the way they are, why they're in these situations, um, and it's uh, you know, once once we get hit with that quick little uh, from Sue. Uh, this is how everything is right now. But first, let me tell you what brought us here, and that's what the rest of the issue is about. And and um, 
We still don't know. I mean, the, the, the title of this arc is The Fall of the Fantastic Four. So I'm guessing we need to, we, we, we need to be brought down before we're picked back up. Yeah, I don't know, buddy. I, I, the tone of the book just feels way too much like Civil War for me. And, and I, I know that's probably I'm intentional. Not I'm not there yet. I don't, I, I don't have that Mark Miller Civil War feeling yet. I, I don't want to see Reed and Sue on the outs again. I, I don't want to see, you know, and any kind of natural real world occurrence, which I know they are a family and they were human beings or they, most of them still are, uh, before they got the, the, the cosmic ray juice. Um, I just, I, I don't, I think there's two, there's things that are too mundane for the Fantastic Four. And, and Johnny, you know, he's a womanizer to begin with. Right. And, and he's like, he's like the perpetual frat house boy, even though he must be like, what, at least almost 40 by now, right? Oh, no. I mean, not, not in the Marvel, not in the Marvel <laughs> yeah, universe. Yeah. I'm just saying, but like, he's an old dude to me. So, for Johnny to just. He's always not, 24 years old. I, but but for him not to realize that all this stuff that he's doing to himself is like silly destructive, uh, and and the whole uh, thing with the agent was straight out of the John Byrne era. It's just too doom and gloom for me. I mean, I, throw throw cosmic threats at them or another God forbid scroll invasion or like something something fantastic to fit the title of the book. I'm I'm great with it. I just don't want the mundane stuff in the book. It's it's no fun. It's mundane. Yeah, like reading, it's like Ben in prison for murder. I mean, but it's this not man like, but okay, but, but, but it, the whole issue, Ben isn't in prison yet during the issue. It's, oh, I so know, it's, it, but yeah, no, I yeah, get what you're saying. Right, you're introduced to that in the first page, yes. first two pages. Yeah. So it's like, all right, you know what? It all turned to shit, but now we're going to tell you how it got right, there. Yeah. Our best case scenario at the end of the story is these bad things. I mean, we could see where it's all going, but the end of the road is the beginning of the story, and this is what happened. I, I despise my husband. My daughter doesn't talk to me anymore because she's out in Latveria because she's pissed pissed off because we didn't we weren't truthful with her about a lot of things. Johnny's killing himself, and and probably will contract contract an STD. You know, it's just, it's it's so gloomy. I don't want and. You know, call me um, superficial. I don't like the logo. I don't like the you red like costumes. The I don't like the I don't like the red costumes at all. There's a reason why Johnny wore red in in the original uh, with the original costumes is because he was apart from them. He he was fire based, so it made sense for him to wear red. Even white, I can go with to a certain extent because that was the more scientific. Yeah, I like the, more, the red more than the white. I don't like the red at all. It just doesn't work. It's supposed to be blue. It's supposed to be blue. I know, I know, and then and then blue and white if you burn. And but it's it's Mac for sticking to tradition because I'm not a traditionalist at all. Maybe I am when it comes to Fantastic Four. You no. with, with that with that book, yes, you are. The maybe, the the, maybe. the logo would be better on a uh, on a mini series on a main ongoing. I, I but also I don't think the old school. Um, style, none, 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 none of this, that matters. None of that matters if the story is good. None of it matters if the story is good. I I will confess it's well written. 
I'm not. I'm. Okay. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say the dialogue is doesn't no. ring true because it does. I mean, that, that's the, that's part of it. I mean, that's only part. I mean, if it's you can have a really well written shitty story. Yeah. Well, so far, I mean, there are there are things that have yet to be revealed. So I'm sticking around. I want to see where this goes. I'm very interested. But my first impression, if you said, "Okay, slap this down on the table," what'd you think of this? It's it's too dark for me right now. Okay. That's fair. That's how I feel about House of Cards. We'll wait and see. <laughs> I just, I just, but like David, David said, it, it, it's pretty. I, um, the, the, the pencils by Kirk and the inks <laughs> by Kessel are, are great. That's a good the, scene. The Fin Fang Foom section oh, is just, yeah. wow, it's crazy, crazy good. Uh, I think Susie can be a little more glamorous, yeah. but come on, that's, Again, that's just what I look for in in the book. There's there's panels where she's kind of dumpy, kind of dumpy. You don't. That's okay. You don't want no dumpy Susie Storm. <laughs> no, I, I I want Susie should look like a maverick. She should be like sleek and lean, like a powerful horse. They're just gonna, uh, you know what I'm saying? But we can't have that all the time. I just, I don't know. I I'm not. I I want to like it. I really do. I want to buy Fantastic Four again. I want to enjoy Fantastic Four again. All right. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Absolutely not. Is it a bad issue? I really don't think so. It's just not what I want right now. It, it, it For our first issue, for Marvel's first family, for new creative team, and, and it, it, it should have felt bigger. should have knocked me on my ass, and it kind of didn't. Yeah. Um, the scope should have take elevate the scope away from Earth for a little bit. Just I'm not I'm not saying cosmic invasion. Just like let's bring back one of the big bads. You know, mm-hmm. have you could have tied this into somehow the the trial of Jean Grey, or have them face off against uh you know maybe Gladiator. I don't know. Just bring it bring it away from <coughs> the mundane for a little while. I got a question. Mm. Hmm. Where is Eric Canetti these days? He's on Twitter a lot. He's uh Is he doing comic books? I don't know. It's weird. Because he's awesome. Never... I'm Yes. I miss him. <laughs> should send him an, an email. I will. It's I, like draw some I, comics, I, dude. I miss you. Draw some comics, dude. I got something. Go for it. This this is out of the blue, David. Did you get around to reading this? What I what I I gave you? Uh, there. If it was the first issue of a new series, yes. yes. Cool. This is from Boom. No, then no. <laughs> <laughs> wrong, 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 thing. Right. wrong thing. This is from the Boom. Uh, it's written by Eric M. Esquivel. Art by Jerry Gaylord. Colors by Gabriel Casada, and the variant cover, um, no, the regular cover was by Alexis Zirt. Zirt? Zirt. <clears throat> There's a variant by Jerry Gaylord. This is called Loki, Ragnarok and Roll. Yeah, I didn't get to read that. Yeah, it, I had such a good time with this book. It's, it's played very tongue in cheek. Um, since the, um, as guardians are uh 
mythology and no one really owns them right hence the fact that marvel uses them to death right mm-hmm. um anybody and their brother can use them so uh boom decided hey why not let's 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 mine that that vein who did, and who did thunderbolt jackson what was, was that under thunderbolt jackson why does that ring a bell well, that was all the norse gods yeah but who published that that's what i'm asking um i, I don't know I talked about it a while ago. Yeah, I'll look it up. Go ahead. Go. Sorry. But anyway, Esquivel uh, won my heart right from the very beginning because we, we when the the first page opens, we're in Asgard. But he said he he equates Asgard to an interdimensional subspace that houses ideas too big to fit into conventional reality. You got me. You won. Just I'm your bitch now. You're, you take me wherever you want me to go. And and the uh, the Asgardians themselves are thought forms, but they they don't believe themselves to be thought forms. They believe themselves to be gods of myth. And you know what? If you <coughs> com- counter that argument, they'll probably beat the hell out of you. So Odin's on the throne, and it's Odin, one-eyed Odin. You know, burly. Bros Golden, and uh, he calls Loki to the throne. He says, "My son, I got a job for you. Uh, now you and your brother are very different. You are my lockpick, and your brother is my tension wrench. Meaning, he needs Loki to do the real precision work to find tool stuff. But when he needs a hammer, when he needs strength, when he needs some kind of brute force, that's where your brother comes in. So I want both of you to go to the realm of the Frost Giants. I got a job for you." We we need to settle things with these guys. I'm gonna send you over there, and you're gonna be my diplomat. You're gonna work things out with them and make it make it right. Take your brother and make this right, okay? So Thor is a big old bag of meat. He's a gigantic, womanizing, party animal with a giant hammer, as you would expect. He's not too smart. Uh, that's why we have Loki. So um, they go, and Thor, being Thor launches into the battle frenzy as soon as he's there and just devastates the place, rips the shit out of all these frost giants, smashes them all over. There's one really fun part. When they get back, they're covered in in water, and um, someone says, you're dripping wet, and he's like, this is frost giant blood. <laughs> but but uh, So Thor really screwed up. And when he gets back to Asgard and they have to inevitably explain to their father why the plan went awry, Thor blames it all on Loki. Mm. And Loki's banished. Uh, um, Zeus. Odin, just, I I have to cast you out. You've, you've, you made me look bad. You get out of here. So he sends him to Earth of all places and uh, Midgard, as it were. And Loki lands in, um, I think it's, California, uh, and naturally keeps his Asgardian attire and lands in this place called the Club Sinister and the clientele, a bunch of gothic people. I mean, you have everything. You have gothics, you have the S&M crowd in there. Stark side uh, there. Leather, leather clad rock and rollers. And, uh, he sees what's going on. It's loud. It's obnoxious. He's like, hmm, maybe this place isn't as bad as, you know, the, fe- the, the, the old man led me to believe. And he wins over the, uh, the members of this, um, these street people, these, uh, by getting in between 
uh, a muscle-bound brute and uh, someone he was picking on. So they, you know, he wins their hearts and then he forms a rock and roll band. So, and that's where the first issue ends. But there's it, early on in the issue when when Loki and Thor go back to Asgard to explain to Odin just what the hell went on. In Odin's banquet hall, there's a gathering of uh, the gods. Uh, I guess Odin is just playing the diplomat again, and he has all these gods there, and Cthulhu's there. Um, you have uh, Anansi, you know the mm-hmm. the spider. Spider God, Hercules is there, Baron uh, Samedi, the, the the Voodoo God, but and this this made me laugh out loud. The um, flying spaghetti monsters there. That's funny. <laughs> flying spaghetti monster, and he talks in internet speak. Let me get it. I got to bring it up here. It, you'll die. He's flying around, and the uh, the flying spaghetti monster is the internet god technically meme of oppositional defiant disorder and he says omg totes i hope they die in a fire <laughs> <Hello. laughs> this thing is great it's so much fun um and then there's um what is it there's a chinese god of man-on-man love what's his name uh two air shen the chinese god of male-on-male love and uh, I forget how it goes. Uh, oh, yeah, Thor says to shove off, uh, Shen, I wasn't talking about you. And he winks at Thor and he says, hey, you're lost. <laughs> and the, the, this Chinese god looks like Usagi Yojimbo. He's a gigantic, he's a gigantic rabbit with, with swords. This thing is so funny and completely out of the blue. I saw it in the previews and I was just like, well, that looks interesting. Why not give it a shot? Um and the dialogue is just so, there's so many comedic moments, you'll just love it. Art-wise, I think it's fantastic. It's, there's a really clean line. Um, I would say, and I always bring this name up, but God, if it doesn't look like it, Ernie Chan would be proud at this point. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's very clean. Um, it could be, I mean, without the, the more adult aspects of it, it wouldn't look out of place in the Harvey universe. I mean, it's not that, um, this, you know, distilled into the card. It's cartoony, but it's, there, there is a, an edge of realism to it, but it's not, you know, straight, flat out cartoony. But it's great. Look it up. It's, like I said, it's from Boom. It's a four issue miniseries. Funny as hell. I loved every bit of it. Yes. Cool. So someone else picked oh, it. Oh, and uh, um, Thunderbolt Jackson. That was the Dave Gibbons uh, Wildstorm miniseries. Oh, okay. I completely blanked on yeah. that. Didn't? Yeah, because we had talked about it. Oh, wait a minute. I yeah. yeah, I read that. Yes, yeah, right. Right. Yeah. So there. I can put that in the show notes too, just because we said it about. 50 times. Mm-hmm. That's good. So what was the name of this book again? Loki Ragnarok and Roll. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to look this up. Funny as hell. All right, cool. It's you your turn, Chris. Well, hold on, I'm looking up this book. <laughs> I you know, Ernie Chan bit me and it just never went away. Oh, there it is. Okay. Interesting. Okay. 
Gotcha. Um, yeah, it's at Boom's site. I'm, I'm looking it up there. So, um, but that makes for terrible podcasting. So I should talk about this other book. Uh, this is the, the second kind of, um, Kickstarter themed, uh, book I'm talking about, even though it is, uh, it's now available from Boom. Uh, it is from um, two guys that I've been a big fan of for a long time. They've actually worked together before, and I guess they got together for a passion project and uh, and did it on Kickstarter, and now they're actually doing a second volume. And it is uh, Paul Jenkins and Umberto Ramos, and it's a Fairy Quest. Have we talked about this? Oh, no, but I've seen it. It's... Well, if you've seen it, you need to buy it because yes. because it looks amazing. Because it's Humberto Ramos, and anything that that he does looks amazing. Um, but this is uh, definitely for the, um, I think for the fables crowd. It's I'm I'm not going to spoil it because it's one of like fables. It's about these little twists and these little character moments and the reveals of this character and that character, but. Um, it's, it's almost think of fables, but in fable land, you know, not fable town. This is, this, all of the, all of the fables are, you know, are alive and interacting with each other. And there is a, a, a pretty early twist to it that, that they're basically acting out the parts as people read the stories to like their children and stuff. And so, you know, every time these stories are read, they have to act them out. And if they get off script, there is hell to pay. And little red riding hood is very adept at getting off script and it causes big troubles. And, uh, it's just, it's very inventive and playful and, you get reintroduced to all of these characters and it just turns into this huge playground for Paul Jenkins and Umberto Ramos to draw and, and write these really vivid, bright characters and have them interact and have fun. And it's absolutely gorgeous. And Georgia, George is very upset. So now was that an oversized, uh, hardcover? It what is, size this is, is this? This is an oversized, um, paperback. Uh, oh, okay. It, uh, on, uh, it's $14.99. Um, I got it That's through Amazon cheap. for, you know, it's not, it's not, it's, it's trade size. It's less than trade size. I mean, it's not, it's not a really thick book. Um, it's volume one. Uh, right. Um, so, I mean, it's not gonna, you're not gonna use it to, you know, weigh down papers on your desk, but, uh, you know, certainly worth the, I don't know, 10 or 11 bucks I paid for it on Amazon. Right. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. then some, but, but there is there, if you, if you do look up, um, um, Jenkins or Ramos or Fairy Quest, it's probably the easiest way to do it. We'll look up Fairy Quest on uh, Kickstarter and you can actually buy the original Kickstarter hardcover. I think it's 30 bucks. And then they're doing a Kickstarter for volume two right now. Um, which is, I think $30 for that that hardcover but then there's all of the other you know stuff and pinups and original art and all that stuff that you can get but uh yeah it's uh it's really beautiful i mean it's it's just saying the words umberto ramos passion project should absolutely tell you everything that you need to know about it it's if it's a passion project of his you're getting his best work and his his worst work is better than most people out there 
Oh, yeah. And you know what? <coughs> slap me slap me in the head for being a fool. I said Ernie Chan. Mm-hmm. I meant Ernie Cologne. Oh, okay. Oh. And that's why I, that's why I see, yeah, oh yeah, a little bit different. I, uh, that's why I said it would, it would not look out of place in the Harvey universe, meaning that's where, that was, that was Ernie Cologne's stomping grounds for a lot of years. But, uh, no, like Amethyst, it's, it's pretty close. I know it's, I know it's always Amethyst, but, but what I, Tend to remember when I think of oh, it looks great. Oh, Ernie yeah. Cologne is um is the Cosmic Boy miniseries that was the Legends tie-in. Hell yeah, yeah. See, I remember. I'm I'm just a tad bit older than you, but when you say Ernie Cologne and and I'm, like if if I wasn't allowed to mention the Harvey stuff, I would definitely say Atlas Comics. Okay. It's specifically that one page ad that he did. Remember, it had you know um, all the characters like the heap was on there and and just uh, um, all Iron Jaw and all those those goofy Atlas Comics characters. That's that's Ernie Cologne to me. But yeah, you're right. That Cosmic Boy thing that was great. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I it, guess it, it, um, do you, um, uh, Boom sends out their um, you know their 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 press blog and it's got some nice previews and uh, uh, I just took a look at like a five page preview of it. It looks great. Yeah. It's a lot of fun yeah. too. Yeah, and it's a four part. Is that? Yeah. Okay. Neat. So just wait till it's done yeah. and just probably get the trade for like six, seven bucks. No, that looks, that looks fantastic. Yeah, fun stuff, mm-hmm. fun, fun. Neat. What? Nothing wrong with a little bit of fun in your comic book reading, no, right? I need more fun. That's what I love about this fairy quest is that, you know, this is something that, you know, I, it's, it's, um, you know, it's like the best Disney stuff or, you know, just the, the best, you know, animated stuff out there is that it's you, you presentable for, for, you know, all ages, but there's definitely little adult nods in there, but it's, it's clever, clever humor and it's fun. It's just, it's just fun. And that's, that's the, the comics that I, that I really kind of gravitate Towards these days, right? That that, you talk, that and stray bullets. <laughs> you, you talk about guys that wear their uh, artistic influences on their sleeves. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ramos, uh, even though he's branched well beyond uh, the original influence, but there's still that that Carlos Meglia influence in Carlos all Meglia. all of his stuff. And I mean, that's not a bad inf- if you if you're going to be influenced by somebody, Carlos Meglia. Wow, that's a good way to go. Yeah, I mean, uh, that, that, I'm still saddened by that because not enough people knew who Meglia was. And you're right. You're that right. That guy was he was amazing and just never made it in the American market. And I, you know, it's I think his stuff just maybe looked too animated. And by whenever I say animated, I don't mean it looked like it was jumping around on the page. It his stuff looked like a a really um, well-rendered um, animation cell. Right. Do you have um, Infinite City? Yeah, that's that, um, Mike Kennedy wrote that. Um, oh, my God. That's like one of my favorite Superman books ever. Oh, it's amazing. It's It just yeah. looks absolutely gorgeous. And and Mike would be the first person to say that that book survives on, on the art. I mean, he, he wrote a pretty good story, but, yeah, I mean, it's 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 just a, you know, a Carlos Meglia tour de force. 
Right. And, and so, you're right. If, if you didn't know better, like say someone off the streets was like, what, was this an animated feature and they just pulled, you know, screen caps they from look it? Like that, animation cells. Absolutely. They do. Absolutely. They do. I'm, yeah. I, I think it's, do I have it on my shelf? If I don't, uh, I should smack my, my knuckles. Um, that's one of the one Superman books I couldn't part with when I got rid of all my stuff. Yeah. Could, you know, could, is it, is it even canon if such, if you can say such a thing? Yeah. I don't think it matters when it looks that good. I, you know, it, it doesn't. It's, I mean, it exists. It, it exists kind of in a in a vacuum. Um, gosh darn it, where is it? I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. Um, yeah, I have the hardcover. I love it. Love oh it, love yeah, it. it's. I think it only came out in a hardcover. Oh really? Yeah, I don't remember ever seeing it in a trade, but um, yeah. Um, I believe Meglia did a couple issues here and there of like. I don't, I don't know specifically if it was Superman or Adventures or, or Action, but he did the, the, uh, the floppies for a brief stint, maybe three issues, four issues, and, you know, I think that's what got him onto the, uh, the infinite, uh, infinite. I don't know exactly what it was, but I, I definitely remember him being in the monthly. Yeah. One of them. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, and taken from us way too early. Hmm. Yeah, it's just, just tragic that uh, um, it's not not nearly old enough to to be taken. And yeah, yeah big bummer. I think. Um, yeah, I'm 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 inclined to say that um, the 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 Loki book reminds me more of Meglia than than it would of Cologne. Really? Yeah. Cool. Well, as long as you read it, I don't care who it reminds. Oh, I'll you. read it. I'll read it. <laughs> I through it now. It looks fantastic. While we're on the subject of of looking up who did what and where and when, mm-hmm. um, one of our friends, and uh, we've mentioned this site on the podcast before, but I use it a lot. Um, I know David frequently. Almost daily. Uh, yeah, uses it. Um, Comic Book DB. Yeah. If you want to know uh, what, you know, comic book bric-a-brac, uh, what, issue was the first appearance of this character or what creator worked on uh uncanny x-men 303 or storylines what what issues did this storyline go through and and anything related yeah yeah, who did the cover who did the inks anything related to comic books go to comicbookdb.com because they have tracked everything You, you know what's cool is that and and just like imdb the internet movie database if you want to see if um jamal eigel ever worked with chuck dixon you can actually put in creators and see if they've ever worked together on anything cool yeah yeah and you know you know what i love it for the fact that you don't have to shell out um say a hundred bucks for comic base there is a feature where you can track your collection on comic book db you can, there's like a pull list function where you can maintain the, the uh, a wish list of stuff that you're looking for and it's it don't, won't cost you a penny it's a great uh, site it has been I for think, a long time yeah oh yeah they're they're doing a contest right now uh, this is why i'm mentioning it uh where the winner will get a rare superman and the fortress of solitude poster from mondo uh, jump on over to comicbookdb.com forward slash contest. 
And they also have a podcast directory. Yay, that's what, where, where we come in. So if you don't get enough of us, perish the thought, you can find other comic book podcasts on ComicBookDB. Just just go over there. They're awesome. ComicBookDB.com, and they're on the Twitter at, at ComicBookDB. They're good people, and they uh, provide a very, very valuable service to us comic book freakazoids. Yeah, he, uh, Chris has... um set me up with a with a script so that the Marvel Noise website has um has a section on the sidebar that has two every time you refresh it's two random Marvel comic covers and it's basically the same script that we had on the old bullpen bulletins form back in the day. Um, uh, so I mean Chris those he, were the days. <laughs> I Chris has been a friend of of the show for a while and I mean and he's he's somebody who we um who I first, in air quotes, met on the old um, CGS form. So, I mean, he's he's, he's just – he's been – I've known him in that regard for a long time. And to see the website, the ComicBookDB website, grow and it's still – I mean, every every week something's added to it. You, you have a few people who uh, who will be there to update with with creators and and little plot synopsis. And if you want to look up story arcs and and how many issues were part of a crossover and and um, my favorite thing is when you look up creators is I can look up chronologically what they've worked on. So when I right. when I was looking up um, what Kessel's worked on before everything this version of well see this was the first time i've seen kessel's inks <laughs> in a while and and i i used the site on uh the other day to see what i've what he's been doing the past couple of years that i've missed out on because i wasn't reading certain things and 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 it's nice to see that he still is active and and uh and yeah it, it's it really is i mean they're I don't go there for for the issues so much as I do to see what creators have worked on and and how long like like when I want to see how many how many consecutive issues uh Howard Shaken has done over the years and and you know just things like that and and it's neat to see that you know well so and so is lucky if we get 3 issues in a row out of them things like that so yeah and you know what I will say it's a hell of a lot faster than that other site that other comic book data site oh okay yeah it's a million times faster. Um, and But initially, I have to admit, like way back when, when they first started, I was kind of frustrated because every, I was doing my my, uh, my inventory and every comic I wanted to put in wasn't there. I'm like, ah, oh, this is jank. This sucks. What's going on? But then I, I looked at it and like I was trying to put in books like, you know, preteen, dirty jean, kung fu kangaroos. And like, why the hell would that be in there initially? But now, Unless now put it in there. Right. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Now they have like gazillions of books yeah. in there. So it's cool. But yeah, I was stupid. I was trying to put in these real obscure black and white boom books. And of course they weren't in there because who would, why would they, why would they be in there? Why would they now, now I'm sure they're, they're in there. <laughs> Just for the hell of it, get on there and, and search preteen dirty gene kung fu kangaroos and see if it's in there. But but anyway, <laughs> all right, more comics. Um, it's not my we got it's some, not my turn. Go. I know we David and I read something at, at David's urging. I got caught up on something very important. Yes, you did. Thank you for doing that. 
And no, thank you for pushing me because I would not want to fall behind, especially during this arc, which is awesome. It is awesome. Uh, it's, <laughs> we saw a bunch of cheerleaders. Uh, we have got ca- gotten caught up on Superior Spider-Man. I'm shocked. Oh no, Chris, yeah, I know. Uh, I gotta say, one of my favorite Spider-Man runs. Yeah. It's just so, so damn good. And the thing that has me gobsmacked to use one of the boys' terms because he's not here. Uh, it's not even Peter. Well, up until now, it hasn't been Peter, but, uh, Peter's back. And David has a theory about that. Yeah. Well, I, it was, I, he, I, I, he's back in a way, in a, in a, uh, he's back of sorts. He, it's not completely. Yeah. Back. I mean, when, when, when the series, when this title started, um, Peter was kind of fighting. I, Doc Ock didn't know. <laughs> Otto didn't know that, that, that Peter was still hanging around back there. And then slowly Peter started to assert himself. Uh, Otto fought and vanquished Peter from eliminated yeah, him. So he, so he thought. And, um, and I knew that that wasn't, that that couldn't have been it, but it's been, it's been months. It's been issue after issue where yeah. there's been no sign of Peter. There's been no, no, you know, slot wasn't like doing any sleight of hand. It's like Peter did not exist. And as soon as, which, which, which caused great gnashing of teeth yes. in the community. Oh, you backdoored my childhood. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. People were, oh, they're, oh, it's poor slot. I just, it's, it's like, dude, I don't, anyway. But he was, uh, he was brave. Oh, he was, on the he was, trip. he was awesome. He was awesome. He, he, he came back and, and it just, you know, it's like, but it's, um, but he also had, you know, like, like Stephen Wacker in his corner and, and, you know, and you're not, if, if you're, if Tom, Stephen Wacker. fans for the most part should just shut the fuck up. Absolutely. <laughs> and I say that as one that can't stop running his fucking mouth. That is but, true. But, and so this is an inclusive statement for all of us. And I'm looking in the mirror at the same time, people shut the fuck up. <laughs> just read the story. And if just you don't read. like it, go on to something else. That's right. You don't have to read the next one. Relax. Uh, you just, I mean, we have been reading for so long where it's second nature for us to assume that it'll all cycle back eventually. You know. Let's just, let's just ride this puppy out. But, you know, there are younger, newer readers out there that aren't accustomed to that trick yet. But the, I mean, they, they soon will be. And that's the other thing. And, and these younger, newer readers have, um, access to creators easy, more easily than, than we ever did. Oh yeah, so, I mean, you know, we didn't have to go to a convention, but you'd get your letter printed in the in the letters page, or or you know, you'd read about them in Amazing Heroes or Comics Journal. But I mean, to go on Twitter or or someone's website, you have instant access, and and for some reason that gives some people, um, I think they they think that gives them the right that that they've earned the 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 right to bitch about something, and it, it's it's. It's part of that, you know, sense of entitlement that, that we all love so much. But the, there was a storyline recently where Flash Thompson was involved and where Flash Thompson goes, the symbiote goes. And as, as, as I was sort of kind of guessing, uh, when, when this storyline started, um, I had a feeling that if anything is going to bring Peter back, that it would be the symbiote. And it's... 
You look like you were right. It looks like you were you were definitely right. Because Peter did Peter's um subconscious or, or, or there was a part of Peter that came back, but it's 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 in such a way where Otto really did do a number on it because um some slight spoilers with Peter being back right now, Peter doesn't know where his memories begin and Otto ends because as he's going through these memories, there are more of Otto's early days, of Otto's childhood, of, of, of yeah. Otto going to school than there is of Peter eating wheat cakes or looking in the microscope that, that Ben gave him or they're just it. And Chris, it's really cool the way they do it. Um, Peter, there's this mindscape section in, in the books where Peter relives first his memories and then he kind of gets a bird's eye view on Otto's memories mm-hmm. and, and they design the character, the young Otto to almost resemble Peter. Like they have him in plaid pants. Like the old Ditko look. Like the old Ditko Peter Parker, but it's really Otto. And Otto's mother doted on him like crazy, just like Aunt May doted on Peter. But, but, but uh, Otto's father was very abusive. Yes, physically. To, to, and, to, uh, and, uh, physically and, abusive. And, and, and right. But, and then, but so Peter was abused as well in high school by Flash Thompson and all the, the, you know, the football team. So he's, he's struggling to, to weed out Otto's memories from his own and he's having a hell of a time to do it. Because in a lot of ways, and this is exactly what he what, what's said in the book, these characters are really similar. Yeah, they they more are. Than, yeah, more, more more than we've ever been led to believe, and um, and so yes, yeah, so, so now now as the issues go on, and and right now the arc is um is this whole feud is this is is this all out goblin war, and um and every time I think I know where slot's going or if i think oh you know well this will just be a standard fight scene or you know they'll they'll just it's someone beating up on spider-man i turn the page and something else is revealed like 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 when when he was trapped behind the door with monster and and it's or ah, tell, tell them who monster is monster is carly cooper yeah they they um carly's sister Lily. Um, Lily, who is, we all know as Malice. No, Menace. I'm sorry, Menace. One time knocked up by Norman Osborn. Um, did, how did, I, I don't remember how that played out. Was that really Norman's baby? Um, I think so. Okay. Well, anyway, so, so Carly's sister, who is now Menace, uh, subservient to the goblin, kidnaps her and they do the old goblin <clears throat> mojo on her and she becomes a, a goblin as well called Monster. So it's like, let's keep it in the family. But the, the, I don't think Chris knows where, where this is going. The the goblin, the green goblin, we're led to believe that it's Norman. Right. Because they don't, he never shows his face. Right. But, but at one point, he opens up his his uh, tunic or his yeah. his costume, and he's got a divot yeah. in his in his chest where the glider. Smashed remember him. way back when smashed him against the wall. So I mean, but that could be replicated. And I and and I sent you the DM on on my theory on that. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I'll, I'm not. I, I want to see if that plays out, but the. Um, 
but not only okay not to interrupt david but not not only is it important that carly cooper is working with norman osborne carly cooper was one of the very few people who sensed something was really wrong with peter and 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 not just sense something's wrong with peter but actually knows that peter parker and spider-man are the same person right and she kept a journal a diary of sorts and guess who got his hands on the diary Daddy Goblin. Gob- Daddy Goblin, who is now known as the Goblin King. So he puts, you know, two and two together and jumps to the conclusion that, yes, it, this is not, uh, Spider-Man. This is someone else. So Norman knows that Spider-Man is Dr. Octopus now. Ah, okay. So you That's have... I want Norman Osborn to know that. You have, you have the Goblin going after Spider-Man. You have what will soon be an internal conflict between Peter and Otto in the mind trying to fight for the body. Um, you have, uh, you have, you have the goblin army, you have. There's a ton of shit going there. on. And, and what's awesome is, um, is the, uh, it, I was, I was pleasantly surprised when Whoa. with, with Mary Jane chilling at home. <laughs> yeah. And this, and, and it, it's, I'll, I gotta give credit because I, I, I told you, I'm like, th- this chick is never casual. She is always, yeah, maybe not dressed to the nines, but she is, she is ready to just be photographed at any given moment. Well, the she, world is Mary Jane State. And, she, she's, and, and she's sitting here wearing jeans and sneakers and when, um, when the vultures old mini henchmen show up that's who they are yeah, yeah. Um, i was to ask you if they were really if they were goblinized yeah they used to work for the vulture um and that's when they and that's when they bombed her uh her club um earlier in the series but yeah but were they given the serum I believe though? So, that's because they left the vulture to go work with the goblin and and i believe oh, i believe if you work for the goblin you you get you get hit with the serum so chris they look like little evil cherubs like with cherub gargoyles yeah. Nasty. yeah yeah um so she runs to um she runs to her safe and she has her own set of uh web shooters and and the guy she's with is trying to figure out where the hell did you get that from? And she goes, well, you know, I used to be involved with 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 Spidey's tech guy, so he gave me a set to to protect myself with. But she is ready and raring to go, and she hits the ground running. And she's calling her aunt, she's calling May and Jay. I mean, and they have they've they have this whole network in place where they knew that if shit got real folks he needed to get out of dodge and and that's what's happening now so um yeah see i'm not mary jane's biggest fan that's a big surprise right here. uh yeah but i i have to say that scene was great and it made complete sense of course he would give her web shooters right, right. why wouldn't he you know he he loved or loves her he would want to protect her so in an in, in event of, of, of trouble, keep these somewhere close and use them if you need them. And, and, well, and the fact that just makes sense. she was, she was, she was dressed and prepared and, and because what's been happening in these past few issues is that the people closest to Peter have noticed and have experienced his slight unraveling. 
Yeah. And he, yes. he, he, uh, he was physical with Mary Jane where he like, he grabbed her wrists or her shoulder and, and I mean, he was forceful with her. Make me a sandwich woman. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and he, he bit back to, um, to May and, and her that would husband. Be- that will be his undoing. So that yeah. one right there. You, you, Peter would. I don't care what the situation is. Peter would never bite Aunt May. Mm-hmm. Never. Nope. So, um, so between that and and this police captain and um, and just what other people have have realized, and even and and what sucks, what really, I mean, this is what this is why I keep telling Vince that I kind of don't want this to end because. Otto has done everything that Peter couldn't do as Peter Parker. I don't, I don't think Otto would, would be a better Spider-Man than Peter, but Otto is being a better, or was until recently, a better Peter Parker because he got his doctorate. He started his own company. He is, right. he, he, he can write his own ticket, but because he's, he's still Otto, he's still arrogant and, and, and he's still, um, Loves the sound of his own voice, so it's going. That that's going to bite him in the ass. But he, uh, it. But he. Let's be honest. He is smarter than most people in the room. Absolutely. So the, you know that arrogance is founded in 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 you know in in smarts. The the guy is brilliant, but I think he's he's too confident in and just like I said in in letting loose on Jay and uh, Aunt May. That's a red flag. Yeah. You, you screwed up. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate that, um, once. Which could have been because of the symbiote. Well, I think it. Because he, you know, that, that, that thing makes you aggressive. Not, I'm not speaking from experience, no, unfortunately. <laughs> it, it could be. It, I mean, yeah, it, it, it could have triggered that. It, it's, it's just unfortunate that, um, all the good, that Otto was doing as Peter. Um, it's, I think when the new amazing Spider-Man series starts and, and superior ends, uh, we're going to go back to that old Parker luck and, and Peter's going to have to, uh, start from scratch and, and build himself up. So everything that Otto has done, I don't, I don't see what Otto has done as lasting or ending up in Peter's lap at all. Well, we lost a big chunk of that. In uh, what was it, twenty seven or twenty eight, when they Spider uh, destroyed Island. Spider yeah, Island? Yeah. But see, I'm not, I'm not so worried about that because Spidey never needed a layer. No, but I, but, but I'm yeah, worried I'm about. Saying, though, I'm worried about the, feels, the, the company. Yeah, it feels like you know we can see the curtain coming down yes. on, on Otto's Otto's reign, but that's okay. It's it's I think it's time. I, I would like it to last longer, but if they feel like they need oh, yeah, to end it now, other, yeah, that's it fine. absolutely is. It's nothing. Nothing feels like they were holding on to like issue fifty. No, it doesn't no, feel no. like they they rushed anything. It's it's you know I don't I don't think I don't think they're like okay, well we got to make sure we have you know a new amazing Spider-Man by the time the movie comes out. It, nothing nothing about what's going on. It feels like anybody's being manipulated or pulling strings. It just feels like this is Slot's natural progression to to tell this story. Yeah, although Peter will be in the costume when the movie comes yes. out. Yes, yes. Cool. they've already, they've but, already yeah, previews. Yeah. So, yeah, but uh, Christopher, mm-hmm. the uh, the the part David was talking about about the symbiote that was illustrated by Umberto Ramos. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a lot of people working on this. Marcos Martin even came back for this um, Goblin War. Yeah. 
Yeah, for the flashback. The, I mean, the Avengers know something's up. Uh, specifically Tony. Because Tony put, uh, the Bruce Wayne hat on, and during Civil War, he installed redundant, um, surveillance equipment. Like, just like Batman would do. And, uh, um, Otto went in and disabled and erased all of the uh, evidence that he was tank, uh, tinkering with things, but he didn't know about Tony's backdoor system. That's a that today's episode has been brought to you by the word backdoor. Uh, so so the Avengers know that something's uh, amiss with Spider-Man, uh, but it's Tony that instigated it, which is rare. You know, I, I would think it would be Cap. Because he's a sharp, he's a sharp dude. But uh, Tony's lost in the data and his own yeah, little world. Yeah. But, but yeah, it was Tony who zoomed in on it. And uh, you would think, but the, the the thing is, Wolverine has no idea. He, he it smells like Peter Parker, yeah. so it's Peter Parker, right? Well, not Peter Parker. It smells like Spider Man to Wolverine. Yeah. So, but no, um, I gotta say, issue twenty seven has he my knows two that Spidey is Peter, right? No. no. No, he's no. not one of these. He's not one sure of the few does. who. No, not any. No, because he no. hasn't. He does. <laughs> yes, okay, he does. He does. Yes, he does. Yeah, because he looked at what Vince just said. He's smelling. But well, he doesn't. He doesn't, mean, he, doesn't, he doesn't go around smelling everybody in New York to know what Peter Parker smells like. <laughs> you don't if, know what Wilgen does. In the dude, he's on like eighty goddamn teams, and he runs a school. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he doesn't have time to run around New York City smelling people. That, that would be cool. That's a. I don't even I know. Would I, make time. I haven't kept up on Wolverine, oh. but that would fool if Wolverine was in a, uh, a room of civilians and he smelled someone. He's like, hmm, uh, Spider-Woman's in here. You know what I mean? And he could look around and that would make a cool story. But anyway, the, there's two panels in issue 27 that I absolutely love. The the first one is uh, Otto riding on the back of the robot. Across the, the from the oh, ruins, yeah, yeah, yeah. that that panel's awesome. But the there's two pages later, Norman's holding court, and all of the assembled goblins are kneeling in in fealty to 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 Norman. You have Phil Urich is there as the Goblin Knight. Um, Car- Carly's there. Uh, Lily. Uh, all the the little Goblin underlings are there, and they're all bowing to to Norman. It is a really great panel, and it was uh, illustrated by uh, Giuseppe Camoncoli. Ooh, Be- I like him. Full yeah, paint. It, it, yeah. But when they when they put this out in a in a trade, I'm sure they'll put the whole Goblin War thing in in one trade you you got to read it i mean i'll lend you my copy dude you don't have to buy it this is really good spider-man yep okay yeah cool yep i'm gonna have to um, look into it i i really don't think it's norman something i don't either or if it is you know my best guest guest <laughs> my best guess is that it's harry that was my initial thought but who else who else would know? Who else would? It's got to be a male because they open their shirt and they don't have the the, the mammary glands. So it's it's a male okay, who knows. So I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say what I tweeted at you yesterday. You say it. I'm saying it's a clone because Miles Warren has been involved in the book. That would be so cool, wouldn't it? We. I we, think I, I. I. My first guess. Is that it's a clone. My second would be that it's Harry. What better? Maybe it's a clone of Harry. <laughs> <gasps> oh, really? 
what better way to cap off a Spider-Man series? Like, if you look at it, he's going into the final stretch with Doc Ock, Green Goblin, the symbiote popped up. What, I mean, why not have a clone in here? That would be, that would make it, that's like the icing on the cake. When was the last time we saw, um, the Jackal? Was it at the end of that, that annual where he was given, uh, um, blackout the, 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 that's the last time I saw him. Okay. Yeah. And he may have, I know he showed up in the Scarlet Spider crossover, um, which didn't look all that great, but there was something else. So yeah, it's, I, it's been a while since we've seen, Warren in the book. Um, and he was involved with Spider Island. Well, not as involved as, as Otto was, but he was, he was there to pick up some pieces. So Slot has been using the Jackal here and there during, during his run. Yeah. So I, yeah. I could see it being a clone. I'm still holding out hope that part of Peter's return hinges on that old busted out robot. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm not letting go. I'm, no, no, the, the Peter, Peter, uh, not Peter, uh, Otto has this, this old bulky blocky robot that he uses for menial labor and he just keeps him around for some reason. And I'm thinking, why would Slot keep this busted robot around? I mean, yeah, it looks cool when, when Otto rides his back across, you know, the bay, but there's gotta be a bigger reason why this robot keeps popping up every couple issues. So I'm just hoping, like, maybe Peter's consciousness will make the leap into the robot and back or so. I don't know. You know, I'm just, I'm just hoping. I think when it comes to consciousness, I think there's something about that one underling, that one minion who, um, was it number 23 or whoever, who we got a whole panel of when Otto said, Oh, he was my favorite. Yeah. I think, I think that's going to play a role. Oh, that would be neat too. Otto may end up in that body, but it's, um, is there a key to the number twenty three in in Spider Man history? Did, what what happened in issue twenty three? I was still drawing it. But it's true. Uh, and Chris uh, mm-hmm. J Jonah Jameson is up to his own tricks. Oh, that's the other thing. And we have the yeah. return of he's the not the mayor. Slayers. Oh, okay. he, he is. He's still the mayor. He's still the um, mayor. He's he's calling these you know like like um, an army to fight these Dude goblins. Who has been the mayor longer than Bloomberg? <laughs> it's no longer mayor, but it's, 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 no, I, and, and Vince, in the show notes, you might want to put in, you know, possible, um, oh, I'll put potential on, yeah. theories, but it's, um, no, I, I definitely, when, when, when this is, when Superior wraps up, Chris, you, you should definitely. And, if, not to interrupt David, because I just did, <laughs> if that, if that wasn't enough, Miguel O'Hara, Spidey2099 is going to play a part in the, the final stretch. So it's like, there's, it's win all around. It is, yeah. Yeah. It's so good. And, um, see, Otto has JJ under his thumb. He's blackmailing him in a way. So Jonah has to put on a good face for the media and say, upstanding Spider-Man is such a hero, but it's, it's such a difference from what we've, we've experienced with Jonah up and, you know, the whole course of Spider-Man history. But, uh, see, Otto has him where he wants him, so he's retooling the Spider-Slayers that he built to take out Spider-Man for the Goblin Army. It's cool. It's just awesome stuff. I don't remember, well, my mind being what it is, I, I can't really remember enjoying Spider-Man as much as this the past, like, what? 
It's been a Let's while. Throw, just throw, it's been a while. Let's just throw a number out there. I don't care. Uh, it's just so much fun. Cool. Let's let's pretend Civil War era Spider Man never happened. It's kind of what it's kind of what they've done. I mean, it's like we said, it's 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 all cyclical. Everything everything runs in these big sweeping cycles, and and they've kind of reset things. You know, they they did it you know kind of on the fly. So that's cool. Good. Sounds like Spider Man. There was an article on uh, Bleeding Cool about a possible Civil War sequel, and that is the absolute last thing I would ever want to see happen. Yeah. Well, it was on Bleeding Cool, so take it worth a you know, pinch of salt. It's true, a big pound of salt. Grain, grain yeah, of salt. Initially, that was a great time. Like that, the 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 first stretch of Civil War was a lot of fun. Well, I, th- and I think I think a lot of new readers came to Marvel because I think we underestimated the amount of um, of publicity they got for that, and yeah. and a lot of a lot of new new readers came to Marvel because and maybe comics in general because of it. But yeah, I mean, we look at it through this you know jaded view of you know. The, the older comic book fan that saw it for what it was. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, eventually it was Belushi as the thing that wouldn't leave. Uh, it just kept going on, yeah. on, yeah. on. Yeah. 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 Cool. David, are you still here? I hear a lot of static coming from no, someone. Oh, okay. Me? It, it possibly could be. Staticky. It sounds like a window's open. No. I do, I do hear, yeah, there, I mean, it's, it's not, I mean, it's not staticky or it's not. I'm going, I'm going to mute. It's a whoosh. No, it's not Chris. Wow, that's weird. That's well, strange. Fan on? No, Mm-mm. no. I finished, I finished, um, my second favorite series of the last 10 years this week. Well, I was going to guess lock and key, but I don't think that's your second favorite. Yeah, it is. Oh, really? Uh-huh. What's, what's your first? Hundred bullets. Oh, okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Even though that's now, I think, is that overlapping the 10 years? Um, I think it's, it's still going on, isn't it? No, With Brother- well, I mean, that's, they've, he's doing some, some extra stuff in that world now, but no, the, 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 the series proper. When did that start? To come up with DB. Yes. Check it out there. Is, so is that Brother Lono thing a, uh, a prequel? No. Oh, so it's it happens after the events of yeah, hundred August nineteen ninety nine. Cover date yeah. August nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, so it's until crazy. April twenty nine until April two thousand nine. Almost fifteen years ago that started. How crazy is that? I can't believe it's it ended lot. five years ago. Jeez. Yeah, I know, I know. Tell me about it. No, that was my that was my favorite series of the of the the aughts. I'm doing, I'm doing I'm doing my reread of that. I haven't because uh, I didn't oh, I didn't read the last ten fifteen issues or so. So I'm going to finally read those for the first time. But I start started with the first issue. Oh, it's I so peaked good. out. I the last one I read was the the down low one. Really? Really? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. A, hang up that's on a, the hang low or yeah. What the yeah, that one? Yeah, that's like the yeah. third trade, bro. I I kept buying it, but I never I I haven't read the issues. Oh, did you read ever read the Counterfeit Detective? That was great. Oh, that so was great. I I came on to Hundred Bullets late, just just like Planetary, but with Planetary I used eBay and I I have all the issues for that. But Hundred Bullets, I don't think I have the early issues. I have the first couple of trades, and I started I think with um I started buying the issues probably right before the Counterfeit Detective. Um, I might have a couple of the, um, 
the 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 foregone the, no I, hang up on the hang low I have that in mm-hmm. trade and I think following that is when I started getting the uh, the single issues. That's but, a series, and David, you can back me up or, or or set me right. I think that is a series that really started out as a crime book, which is not Vince's cup book. No. But, well, to but, be honest, I was no, I was buying it for the art. I really was. Sure. Yeah, that started out kind of as a hard boiled crime book, but like the Counterfeit Detective is is a very, I mean that that it's a hard boiled crime book. But the longer that series went on, the more I think Vince would like it because it, it gets into a lot of different stuff that is not just straight up crime. It, it's see, see, I'm weird. Mm-hmm. Crime, yeah. crime does does nothing for me, but conspiracy. That's that. Yes, that piques yes. my interest. That's exactly where it goes. It it really it's the it's the great conspiracy and, and it's even more like, you know, human stuff beyond, beyond the, the, the crime. It it gets into some, some really interesting relationships and it just, yeah, it's, it's such a well, it's my favorite book of, of that, that decade. And I think it's one that you would like the, the deeper you got into it. You should read. I I think it needs a werewolf or or a vampire. It's got a tiger. Oh, that's cool. All right, I'm there. Yeah. That's good enough. Good enough. Not a wiger, but a, but a tiger. <laughs> uh, but uh, one that um, could very well have uh, a werewolf. Yeah, I finished up Lock and Key, finally. Um, I got the Omega and Alpha hardcover. Um, Jason had talked about it. He had finished it up. And so I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, beat the dead horse because it's something that we've talked about. Uh, a lot. Now, have you guys finished it up? You read it? It's, uh, I haven't finished the last two. Okay, so you've got the last, okay, so I will, I will not spoil this. I will just say that, uh, it ends the series and it does so in a way that you feel very, uh, fulfilled and it, it definitely, um, ends with a period. Which, which is nice. You feel like the story is done. Uh, the, there's an epilogue that is a lot of tying up loose ends. And that's exactly what, you know, what that epilogue is all about is, is, is tying up some loose stuff that, that was okay. Um, there's a couple things that, you know, a couple nits that I can pick, but for the most part, I was really, really happy with how they ended it because they did not pull any punches. They weren't afraid to, um, to really make you feel things. This is, you know, I, as far as I, as far as I can guess, as far as I can tell, this is a story that is, is finished now. So they're not going to come back to this. If not the world, definitely not the family. And so they didn't shy away from breaking some eggs and saying goodbye to some characters and that really added a lot of weight to it and uh Gabriel Rodriguez and Jay Photos just continue to to show what what master level they have in comic book storytelling from a graphic standpoint and I always want to mention Jay Photos because the colors in this book are so good 
the the palette that they that they set this book up with from the beginning is just so smart and such a makes for such a beautiful book. And Rodriguez's his art is is fantastic. I, what is he going on to next? Um, it's something at Im- is it something at Image? I hope so. Yes, darn it, I'm gonna have to look it up. But he's already announced another. Another project. I'm gonna have to look it up. But, uh, yeah, Lock and Key was really one of those special books that came out and you knew it from the first issue that it was gonna be special and they took their time with it. They did it right. It was one of the most consistently high level books that I can remember. Whereas like from issue one to the last issue, everything looks very, very consistent. The voice was consistent. Um, Joe Hill wasn't learning on the fly where, you know, it's like, David, you're a, a huge fan of White Mage and, and the early Matt Wagner stuff. But part of, part of what makes that endearing is that you can tell that he was learning and growing as, as an independent comic book creator. And so like the beginning of Mage, is it almost feels like a student work where it advances. And by the time that you get, you know, you know, at least halfway into the story, you feel like he's become a full fledged comic book creator. I mean, does that, do you think that's an accurate? Yes. With lock and key, I think it felt polished from the first issue and it was consistent all the way through. Which is, is, it's, it's nice to look at it on the comic book shelf and know that whatever volume you pull off the shelf, you're gonna get, you're gonna get that same level of, of really high quality. And, uh, and the story itself was great. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. One of my favorite, favorite series of all time. Concluded. I'm a little sad, but, uh, um, very satisfied. But depending on what book you pull off, you may not get a ribbon, but you know. This one has that- a ribbon. That's Jason's big thing. The one volume doesn't have a ribbon. Yeah. He's, he's like, what? Have you ever used the ribbon? I use the ribbon all the time, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, uh, but yeah, I mean, actually, to your point, that's... I, I didn't, and it, this will talk about um, the quality of it. I did not use the ribbon in this book because I sat down and I spent an evening um, reading it, so I didn't need the ribbon. Nice. Yeah. But to your point, that's what I keep hearing. It's It's almost unanimous. Uh, that it ended on a satisfactory note. Mm-hmm. Everybody's pleased. Uh, I mean, not without a little bit of, uh, tears, but oh, everybody sure. seems, seems to be happy at the, uh, about the way it ended. So cool. Yeah. I can't wait. It's can't wait. So good. So I, I want to, I really want to go back and, and read it from the beginning. That's, you know, one of the great things is that it, even the, the, the characters that you hate, because of the way that the, the the story is and what happens to them, every character that you hate, you go back to certain points in the story and you become very sympathetic to them and empathetic to them. And so it there's it's a really emotional book that you know even when some characters die, uh, even though you're like yeah you're like oh but yeah I don't know if that person really deserved that. You know, so it's, uh, he, he really wove a tale that, uh, that played on your emotions. It was very, it felt very three dimensional. All the, the characters were, were not 
were not these flat things that he just moved around the page. So they were characters. You felt for them. I plan on reading it all over again I want too. To, yeah. 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 I think, uh, I'll be picking up on a lot of stuff I kind of glossed over the first time around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's cool. Fair. I have something, um, again from Marvel that was really surprising to me. And I won't get too specific because David hasn't read it and I know he wants to. So, uh, I really just want to talk about the art. Uh, this is another one of those cases where not the biggest fan of the title character could have been called, uh, you know, Mary Jane for, for all intents and purposes. You guys, but, um, Mary it, Jane, like Gwen Stacy was an influence. She's the best. Uh, this, this book, we know we're in capable hands when I tell you who wrote this thing. Uh, it was written by Warren Ellis. Okay. And it was illustrated by the lovey-dovey team of Declan Shalvey and Jordi Belair. It's Moon Knight, number one. Mm. Not a huge fan of Moon Knight. But, um, boy, you'd never know it because I thought this issue was the bomb. Um, and uh, I won't get into specifics, but Ellis is really, well, the whole creative team, are, are really pushing, pushing that Batman in white angle because... Um, Mark Spector's in the back of a, 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 a limousine, a white stretch limousine with a white crescent moon on the grill. The, the steering wheel has a, a crescent moon on it. I even think the, the dashboard has a, a crescent moon and it's, uh, it's on autopilot. He, it's voice activated. So, uh, so he's in the back of this limo and he is dressed completely in white. And when I say white, I'm not saying you know, white with shades of gray. He's like the anti-Hunter Rose. He's completely white. Uh, it's just Declan's black brush marks, brush strokes, and white. There is no other color to it. And I'm, I'm, I'm positive that that is Warren Ellis saying, you know what? I'm not only gonna give you credible reasons why a crime fighter who operates at night would go out all in white. I'm not gonna tell you what they are because they're part of the fun of the book. But he crams the fact down our throats that Moon Knight dresses all in white. He, it's stark white. Every panel that he appear, in which he appears, the character has absolutely no color on it. And so, um, Declan is gonna live or die by his lines. There's no hiding behind the, the work of his uber talented lady friend. There's not a slash of color anywhere. On Moon Knight, that that's conceptual. See, when you do something uh, conceptually like that, you won me over right from the get-go. You know, um, and it's not Moon. I mean, it's Moon Knight, but this is another in a series of alter egos for uh, Mark Spector. He calls himself Mister Knight, and he goes into the field in a three-piece suit, right down to the gloves, and his shoes are even white. Socks, and, and he has, tie. yeah, his socks, everything, tie, uh, and he has a mask that's completely white. So it's like, yeah, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Moon Knight is is completely dressed in white. That's fun. And and the uh, the creative team takes this one time aspect of ridicule. I mean, come on, everybody has said Moon Knight. Why does he go out dressed in white? I mean, if he operates at night, you would want to be dressed in dark colors. So they they you know. Stealth, right? Nothing wrong with stealth, but so so they take this this one bit of ridicule that's always been associated with the character, and they transform it into like a rallying cry 
of sorts. Like the white thing is funny, so we're not going to show you why, only show you why it's important to the character. We're also going to use that absence of color as the fulcrum on which to build this entire graphic approach to this, to this, this book. And man, is it crazy. The, the, the artwork is spectacular. It's just amazing. Well, yeah, do I, I don't even have to say spectacular when I say Declan Chalvey and Jordi Belair. Do I? You know, you know what you're going to get with these two, but there's a series of pages that uses the whiteness of this Mr. Knight character unbelievably well, and they're all red, white, and blue pages. There, there's um, a foreground light source that's crimp, like bright red. There's a background light source that's blue, and Moon Knight is in white. So you get. Red, white, and blue pages. I think it goes on for like four or five pages. And it's just brilliant. It's beautiful. It's America. Moon Knight is America. So, so <laughs> if you don't read this, <laughs> so if you don't read this thing, you hate America. Oh, no, it's, just, it's just gorgeous. It's, it's so beautiful. And graphically, it's stunning. I mean, they use that blank, that tabula rasa for Moon Knight for unbelievably well. Like it just makes him just leap. Right off the page, and you need—I I can't describe it enough. You need to see this. It is just fantastic and so surprising because Moon Knight. Seriously, I mean, I, I can't—I don't even—I don't think I've ever, next to Sinkevich, really enjoyed reading Moon Knight before. Uh, yeah, I bought the Fist of Conchu stuff, and yeah, it was okay. And it didn't, I think Mignola even took a stab at Moon Knight at one point, even must have been on a cover or something, but graphically, Moon Knight has never been as strong as it is. Well, I won't say that. It was in capable hands with Sienkiewicz. It is in equally equally capable hands now with uh, Belair and Shalvey. It's just, wow, it's so surprising. I enjoyed a Moon Knight book. I have a reference. Pinch me, David. I pinch you. So, um, yeah, t- just take a stab at Moon Knight. You, 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 you would absolutely like, and there was a bunch of variant covers, and Mr. Sienkiewicz did one of them. Also, Scotty Young did one of them. I want to get the list here just so I won't leave anybody out. Scotty Young, Addy Granov, Bill Sienkiewicz, Katie Cook, and there was a Shalvi Belair, uh, cover. So, wow, that's a lot of covers. Go Moon Knight. Warren Ellis has rarely right now. Warren Ellis has rarely let me down. I can't even. I don't even know when he's let me down. I'm just saying. He's talking about he lets you down all the time. That Warren. No, Warren Ellis was the 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 hand that turned the knob, and Shalvey and and Belair they pushed the door open for me. I couldn't not read this book. So there. That sounds pretty cool. It's great. You know what? You guys talk because I'm gonna go run that thing and get that thing I was telling you about. Get the thing. Yes. The thing. You're, Chris, you're gonna shit. I'm, you're gonna be you're like, oh my god! Go I'll be right back. Put my diaper on right now. Hi, David. Hi, Christopher. How are you? Not too bad. You guys getting lots of rain or snow? Uh, no, not since um, we're actually approaching our, our like third dry day. Which is like the one of the rare times this season where we've had so many consecutive dry days. 
That's, um, that's horrible. That's we, right. We're going to talk about the weather, folks. That's where we've got, it's what it's come to now. I can, I can talk about my, uh, my, my really, um, I'm, I'm aggravating agree. basement issues from Saturday. That sounds thrilling. It is. It's so thrilling. <laughs> some, some pump died. That sucks. And, and our, our journey was to replace it and then, uh, coming home to find out that I didn't have everything I needed. Um, and at, I'm not editing this out. And at the, so. and at, and at the, Save uh, us. We're talking about David's sump pump. And the fitting was glued onto the old one. It was, it, it was just, it was, it was crazy. I'm, I'm just, I'm glad it's over. And it works because it's gone off a couple times since then because of the water softener. I'm just, I'm, I'm giddy that, uh, that, that things are actually working for once down there. I heard you have a huge sump pump. That's just what I hear. I can't be sure. You haven't seen it? Yeah. All the dimensions we've been through yet? Christopher. Yes, sir. I'm page 378 in the new previews catalog from Titan Comics. Mm-hmm. Written by Chuck Dixon. Okay. With, with art by Carl Potts. Oh, and, I know what you're going to say. Oh, yeah. And Larry Stroman. Yeah, yeah. Someone, he, someone tweeted that, that it was Alien Legion, Uncivil War number one. Yeah. It's, um, you know, Dixon's stuff was okay. It's not my favorite. It's, um, I'm glad that Carl Potts is involved in it. Yeah. It'll be, it's going to be really interesting to see how that updates. Um, and you want to hear the push? Yeah, go, yeah, please do. It's the classic series returns, blasting its way into an all new battle scarred laser ravaged adventure in a galaxy. Oh, they do the. The movie trailer. In a galaxy torn by strife, savaged by civil war, boiling with spilled blood, Alien Legion is a cosmic military force doing its damnedest to keep the peace by always being ready for war. The squad's grizzled veterans are on what should be a boring milk run, shepherding refugees, fleeing a civil war, ripping apart their system. Could be a good chance to toughen the newbies into soldiers until peacekeeping descends into full-scale war. So, kind of more of the same mm-hmm. of Alien Legion. That you know, like an, a, that's an Alien Legion story, sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, 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 and you know this as well as I do, that when Alien Legion is great is when there's a, a heaping amount of social commentary that's woven mm-hmm. into that. And I don't know if, if Chuck Dixon is a social commentary guy. Uh, he's a great, he's great at, Telling kind of, not the kind we want to hear. Exactly. Yeah. That's, <laughs> and I wasn't going to go there, but, um, uh, Chuck Dixon is, he tells a very good war story. He's a very good, uh, oh, what's a, a way, and I don't want this to sound condescending, um, and it's going to, um, Chuck Dixon is a very good formula comic book writer. You know, he knows, he knows how to put together the beats to tell an entertaining kind of straightforward story. I don't know if we're going to get a lot of deep, uh, social commentary at Chuck Dixon, but, uh, <laughs> that's putting it mildly. Yeah. You know, but, I guess. but having, having, uh, having Carl Potts be a part of it is a big deal. Um, no, sir. I've seen no. some of the Stroman, uh, work. Yeah. How is it? It's, it's much tighter than. The last time we've, the last stuff we've you know, seen. I, th- I think he's back in Chicago. 
Nice. I, yeah, I think he's. I think he's. He's around here somewhere. I have to talk to Hillary. Uh, I think he had mentioned that that Wary may. And this has been a couple years ago that that Wary was back living in Chicago. So I'll have to. I'll see if I can dig up any any info on that. But yeah, any any new Alien Legion is is good news. For sure. Me. You know, I st- it's a four issue miniseries, three ninety nine a pop. You know, I just I, I hope it I hope it rekindles some. Um, some love for the series. You know, when, when Dark Horse put out the, the two omnibus editions, you know, that shows that, you know, there's at least some people out there that still remember that series and still, mm-hmm. you know, have some affection for it. And it's, man, it is just tailor made for either a, a, a really awesome animated feature or even a, a, a live action. I mean, live action would be a huge budget, but, um, you know, I I want to see that on on a screen at, at some point, and uh, I, I think budgetary reasons would be a huge detriment. But if they can, you can do animated, you know, circumvent that. I, I think I, it would be a great show for like say, um, like a home box or a Showtime because they they do have their genre mm-hmm. shows, but they really don't do hardcore science fiction. And I think that that could be done really well because the whole social commentary angle would fit great with with those kind of channels because you know they love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. It's I mean it's to Alien Legion is big. You know, it's big. It's 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 like pl- platoon have, in space. Yeah, and you need like yeah. you, you need huge ships and huge amounts of soldiers and and to set that scene because it is a you know it's a mobile fighting force and but yeah I, I love it I still um I s- still always on the the lookout for for original art from those first six issues which I are all just burned into my into my brain those I, I think I read those those first six issues or so a, a hundred times when I was a kid so if anyone out there ever sees uh, any of the Frank Soraka is it Soraka Soraka uh, Soraka uh, art from those first six issues um, holler at me because that's stuff. can you imagine that mm. if you snagged a page from one of those I've got one of them. I didn't know yeah. that. When did you get that? Um, oh gosh. Um, I tracked it down. It's the guy who, no, 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 no. It's, it, what it was, it was a guy that was doing an inking test for, for Sirocco, I think. And, um, and he ended up getting one of the original pages, um, oh. Um, for doing the tryout or something like that, and then eBayed it years, <laughs> which which he turned around and sold. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, this is this is years, years and years later. I got it like two, three years ago off of eBay, and it's uh, cool. Yeah, it's got um, um, it's got Saragar, and it's got a great profile of uh, Jugger Grimrod, and uh, Scathe uh, uh, Mescad is on there. It's um. Yeah, it's 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 an awesome page. I don't know if you remember the scene, but um they're they're on the 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 planet, you know, the the first planet that they're that they're on um mm-hmm. with it's got the like the natives, the kind of I don't want to call them like the like neanderthalic type, you know, furry creature guys. Um 
And so, and, and so they're basically trying to take down, uh, this airship with, uh, with their, with their air rifles because they can't use like full ordnance. And Saragar is, is telling Jugger Grimrod to, um, to stay on this platform and take it down and it like crashes into the, into the platform. And it's, yeah, it's an awesome, awesome scene. Wow. Yeah. That's, that is cool. You, you go, you go back and you think about all the, the really fondly remembered Marvel series that nobody read, like Strike Force Moratori, uh, and Alien Legion. And Marvel has had a lot of really great series that just kind of, for whatever reason, just well, that was snuck, that below, was, snuck below the radar that was a little ep- bit. That was epic. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, you know, still Marvel, but it, it's just. Yeah, but that's they, when, it, I, people don't, people, a lot of people probably don't remember it. And a lot of people that, listen to the show probably do remember it, but you know, Epic was for me that Epic was like image before image for me. Yeah. I, I agree to that. Yeah. Yeah, sure. You know, you, that's the first time I, you know, you saw shit like, like Electra assassin, you know, it's, that wasn't going to be in, and I guess what at the time the difference was Epic was not newsstand. It was direct market only. Yes. Right, right. right. Yeah. And so they could get a little, a little risque with stuff and, um, or they could do stuff that had a little bit more social commentary to it and, you know, wasn't, you know, code stuff. And, uh, yeah, Alien Legion fit into that. What are, uh, what were some of your other favorite epic comics? Oh, Spaz Chronicles, mm-hmm. Time Spirits. Ooh. Um, uh, Moon Shadow. Moon Shadow. Yeah. That, people forget that that, that came out of Epic. Uh, it's been reprinted so many times. What else? Um, during the heavy hitters time, it was um, Saxon Violence, Peter David and uh, George Perez. Yeah. Um, early Midnight Men. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Jaken wasn't uh, wasn't Archie Goodwin um, driving the bus? He was driving the, the Epic bus. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Big time. Yeah. Epic Illustrated. Oh, <laughs> the last galactic story. So good. Yeah. Sisterhood of Steel. What else? Um, oh, damn. Oh, Video Jack. I love Video Jack. Oh, yeah, you would. Uh, Come on. That's a digital comic? No, that was Keith Kiffin. Well, oh, it, okay, okay. digital of sorts. It, it dealt a lot with emerging technology and, and, uh, the like. And yeah. Um, there was, uh, well, you, you, um, Dreadstar started there. Yeah. Um, oh, the graphic God, novel, yes. then Dreadstar, and then it mm-hmm. moved to first. Um, you had, uh, oh, oh, um, six from Sirius. Six from Sirius. One and, and one two. And two. Uh, you had the, um, uh, Void in the Go, of course. Woo-hoo. Coyote. Yes. Don't forget Coyote. Um, oh, the, um, um, uh, the, the Electro Assassin. Miller and Sikavich brought it over to, uh, Epic to do. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I said Steel Grip Starkey. Yes, what was another one? Uh, they 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 did some um, Mobius graphic novels. Yeah, got them all. Yes, got them all. Yeah. Those those bitches are expensive. Um, aside from uh, it wasn't Moonshadow. I was thinking of before it was. Um, oh damn! You did say Boss Chronicles, right? Yeah. Running around with his little little yellow green winky hanging out all the time. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, didn't, 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 uh, wasn't, um, was it Starstruck? Was something, uh. Yes, Kaluda. And, and um, Lately, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I think we, we covered most of them. Pretty much. It you was, guys uh, are amazing. 
I was just like, Electro Assassin was cool. <laughs> um, no, back then, um, Epic Illustrated, well, all the Epic books, that was my jam. I mean, yeah, I still bought the Marvel stuff, but there was really something special about those books. Yeah. Titties. Yes. Most of yes. all. But. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm going to look let's, at this Moon Knight thing. Go ahead. This, Should we, yeah, let's, we can, we can bring this to the, to the home stretch just like, uh, Superior Spider-Man. Um, please, if you want to get your comics cheap, check out DCBService.com. They are the absolute lowest prices. Uh, well, I don't know if I should say that, but I think they're the lowest damn prices I've ever seen on comics. 35 to 75% off their monthly spotlighted specials. There is a boatload of image paper, image trades this month for five bucks a piece. And even, even, um, uh, Trades that aren't like within that pocket where the, you know, they released the first five issues of certain new books for like $9.99, like Drumheller, you're going to get it for $7 and change for the first Drumheller trade. That's insane at, at DCBService.com. In your travels, this book is not out yet, but I want to make everyone aware of it because I ordered it and I think you should too. It's by the awesome Box Brown. It is called Andre the Giant. Yes. The Life and Legend graphic novel. It is 240 pages of awesome box brown uh, writing and art for a lousy $17.99. And uh, I do believe that it's heavily discounted this month at dcbservice.com. So check that out. I can't wait for this. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, Andre was a sweetheart. Love him. Yeah, a really interesting character, too. Um very interesting. Man, this Moon Knight looks great. I love the um, um, Marvel really taking some visual challenges on this. It, it's neat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's this is yeah, this is really cool looking. It feels like an epic book, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really, yeah, it, not, it looks really neat. Kudos the only thing to I'm them. not keen on is the um, is the lowercase lettering. Huh? I didn't inspect the lettering that's okay it's just i mean with everything else lately being all uppercase again it's it's got that that old um post um quesada marvel knights um (laughs) and and ultimate line um lettering okay but I liked it. Not, yeah, but I mean, I'll. I'll <laughs> yeah, yeah, you would. That's what he's saying in his in his head. It's lettered well, though. Yes, I don't. I I'm not one for tradition. Really? Yeah. The second time you've lied to us tonight about that. Tra- <laughs> I I think tradition is a condom on artistic growth. Yeah. Yeah. No, the lettering's fine. It's. In my opinion, I don't care about that. It's, 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 hey, you know, it's, if that's the only nit I have to pick with it, it's a good fucking book. Okay, that's, I think okay. I okay. think you're gonna like it, David. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. Uh, mine in your travels. It also feels a lot like Daredevil for Absolutely. some reason. Yeah. Um, I don't. Yeah. It, well, it should. Um, I don't think it's out yet. But it's coming out real soon. If it's not the uh, the third volume of the Alex Toth art books, the uh, Genius animated, 
Mm-hmm. It, it's either it's either out like this week or in like the next two. It's coming out really soon. So get it on your radar. And if you don't have um, the uh, uh, Genius Isolated and uh, Genius Illustrated, you need to make them a part of your comic book shelf. And then and then add Genius Animated. Um, it's three volumes that kind of scratch the surface of, of I think one of the all time masters and uh, mm-hmm. you should you should have some Alex Toth in your life. Did you see his character designs for the Fantastic Four cartoon? No, but I'll bet you they're going to be in the Genius uh, animated. They're, they're awesome. Yeah. They're awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's I mean the guy is the guy. Is, if you're not aware of who Alex Toth is, <clears throat> he's response. He's 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 either directly touched or has been um, influential in every comic book you've probably ever read. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I that I yeah. It's, I mean in, in in spirit I would yeah, you could say that about Jack I mean, too, but it's, yeah. It's kind of the, there's I mean you could take the the Kevin Bacon approach, you know, with him. It's the the amount of artists that he either um either directly influenced or um he was he was famous for his correspondence and critiques of artists' works. And so people, artists would go to him and, and ask for critiques of, of their work. And he was known to be really brutally honest. And, um, um, but I, but he did that for a lot of people. And so I think mm-hmm. either, you know, directly, directly helped guide a lot of people that we still read their stuff today or, you know, or through, you know, the next, uh, uh, next connection has, has influenced them. So, I mean, Alex Toth is, it, for me, he's a, he's a, he's a Rushmore guy. He's a monster. Yeah. He really yeah. is. Yeah. Get his guy, get his Zorro comics if you can, if you've never oh. read them. They're so good. They so, are. So they good. are. Yeah. I don't think there's too many companies Toth didn't work for. He even has stuff in, in the Warren books. Oh yeah. He was all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and just amazing. So, there you go. And it's, ah. and the books aren't that expensive. I think they're um, what are they? Probably fifty ish, fifty ish bucks. So if you pre-order them and all that kind of stuff, you can get them for grab them for about thirty five bucks, I think. So, yeah, and way way worth that. Worth twice that. Worth a thousand. Oh, and the, and the production value on the books is, is is great. I mean, they're really they're big, oversized hardcovers, and they're um, a lot of uh, you know original art reproductions, and it's a lot of um, uh, a lot of text. So it, I mean, they're basically history books of his career, and they're just so good. So there you go. Just just do what Chris says. Don't no. even don't hesitate. Yeah, don't ask just don't ask questions. Just do it. Just just let it happen. <laughs> <laughs> David. Uh, well, um, needless to say, Superior Spider-Man, if there's anything left that Vincent and I didn't gush about, but I will recommend, um, I am going to, because it's, the third issue came out today, and I need it, so I'm suggesting you get it, since I believe the first two issues were my in your travels uh and because i haven't finished mystery society volume one yet so 
can't talk about that. But I will say, in your travels, check out this new Punisher for all the reasons I've mentioned about the past two issues already. <laughs> I'm getting the impression you're liking this new Punisher series. I... I like the Punisher. I know some people are like, oh, don't say guilty pleasure because, you know, by definition, you know, I, yes, Punisher is one of those characters where I can kind of just turn my brain off with, 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 I'll say it again, with Superior Spider-Man, you know, you're rewarded for following along and, and, and you're, you're enjoying what slot is weaving. Here is the Punisher. He shoots people and, Really, that's, that's, that's not, you don't have to go in wondering, you know, is, is Warren Ellis gonna write some, some quirky shit in a Moon Knight comic book? It's the Punisher. And in this case, it's a different setting. And it's, um, I just, I, I am a Frank Castle fan. And, and it's, uh, it's, it's different than what Rucka did. And I absolutely loved Rucka's run a couple of years ago. Uh, but it is, it's, it's, it, it's, it, it's not, a, I don't want to say it's a palate cleanser, but it is, it's, it's different than a lot of the other things I'm reading and, and I am really enjoying this and, and you don't need to know a lot about the character. There's been three issues so far. You can pick up this first issue and that's, you know, dude's family was killed and now he takes out people who do bad things to other people that yeah. that's it that's it, it boom two sentence story and and now just just go with it and and the people in this book who interact with frank his his supporting cast these are characters you haven't seen before so it's not like oh punisher's been around since the 70s and there's so much no there isn't there's just there's this is there's this series that's it it's a different, it's kind of a, a, a different look to the character. It's a different setting. It's a writer who's never written this character before. So it's, it's, it's a different, um, perspective on it, probably because it, of this writer. He's, he's in this, he's on the other side of the country. So it's just, it's, it is, it, when they say, oh, it's a good jumping on point, the Fantastic Four may not be a good jumping on point. This is a good jumping on point. Yeah. If you had the power to become any Marvel character you wanted, would the pun uh, would the Punisher rank high on that list? God, no, he'd be my number two. Miserable. He's a miserable. No, miserable. no. Fr Frank gets shit done. He does get shit done, but it he cost, gets shit but done. Fuck that. Oh, but see that that's the thing. When Frank Frank just Stark, bitches, come on. <laughs> nah, nah. No, you, you 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 be the the vigilante in hiding. I'll be the billionaire industrialist with all of the chicks. Well, I didn't say he'd be my first choice. Oh, yes, I'm dying to see who would be the first choice. Cable, cable, bitch. Cable, cable, bitch. cable. Right. Oh, come it's on, cable. Scar. You're so bad. No. Zen master, man. He's got the shoulder pad. You're all crazy. He should be leading the mutants. Like cable it. should be. Cable should be, I shouldn't say in the wheelchair, but Cable should be in, in the, in the Professor X seat. He should be in the Cyclops seat. Cable is the dude as far as the mutants go. Yeah, yeah, they're all, they're all lining your, up to follow you him. You and your Cable fascination. I, I love Cable. I, yes, we know. Oh, Jesus Christ. We know. It's the Ascani song. It has been written, shall be done. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Technovirus! Ah! No, I'm okay. 
Okay, I'll walk it off. <laughs> it's got walk it off. It's I got, got shoulder pads. It's got to get through my shoulder oh, pads. It's affecting my pouches. Ah, oh, pouches are awesome. <laughs> then let's see you sport some at the next con. I'll come in with a big ass bandolier. Fanny packs all um, over yes, the place. Oh my. My legs aren't, well my legs could work the, the, uh, the pouches really well, but not my arms. I'd have like one, maybe a pouch and a half. <laughs> Be like those iPad armbands that people wear when they work out. <laughs> <laughs> I got my, got my chaw in there, so I'm good. Hey, hey everybody. Thank you for being here. Uh, hope you join us next week because we'll be back. Just like that uh, proverbial boomerang. We're coming back at you next week. Same time, same channel. And we do hope that you join us because why? We love you so much and we couldn't do it without you. Are we going to be full strength next week? I do uh, believe yeah. so. Yeah. For the first time in a long time. Yeah. Very cool. Maybe we can even talk about uh Winter Oh, yes. Some- Chris, you also have hmm? to read Winter Soldier, The Bitter March, number one. It's great. Winter Soldier, The, the Bitter, Bitter March. March. Who's doing it? Rick Remender. Okay. Roland Bashi. The art is phenomenal. Covers by Andrew Robinson, and they practically are worth it alone. Oh, my God, yeah, yeah. No, I have to agree with David. The art is phenomenal. And Winter Soldier, as- huh? As you are well aware, I am not the biggest fan of the espionage stuff, but I thought the first issue was the bomb. It was. It was the bomb. It's yep. it's what which one? Winter Soldier, the Bitter March. It's a five okay. issue miniseries. I think those the first issue's been out so far. Okay. Yep. And it's Nick Fury. Yeah, because it's nineteen sixty six. Yep. Oh. So okay. it's old Nick Fury, it's old it, it's old uh Hydra stuff. It's it's good shit. Yeah. Consider it being read right now, probably before I, 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 think, I, think, I think you're underselling it. It's I, great. Well, shit. I, I want us all to read it and I'll, 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 um, I should have Undertow read for next week. So I know that since Chris hasn't been here the past couple of weeks, you talked about it, Jason talked Undertow's about it last really week. Undertow's really good. Yeah. So, yeah, really so good. I'll, I'll finally sit down and read it and we can all maybe powwow over it. And then maybe someone will be satiated. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I'm the chances of that are not good. Never. But any, but anyway. Never. All right, we'll be back. We love you so like much. Stray, it's like a stray dog. It's always hungry. Join us. Call me, Jason. Miss you, boo. Join. Uh, <laughs> freaking boo. You yeah. had to do it. Dude, you kicked it off with boo. I started with you as boo. I said no. Yes. I said. Bye. I know the beast, yeah. beast of Chicago is available on Comicsology. Alistair Crowley? No, it's that Rick Geary stuff. It's the Rick Geary stuff, homie. Uh oh. <laughs> Were you here at the beginning of the episode? I was. I'm out of here. He did, Say um, bye. He did uh, Jack the Ripper yes. as well. Jack the Ripper. Yeah, he's done a lot of like, you know, true, um, true crime stuff. Yeah. He's one of those artists where I struggle to find a, uh, a, a comparison, like you oh, know, we always say yeah. he's very that that blobby doughy style that he has. I love it, and uh, there's not too many artists that employ that same technique or or similar yeah. technique. He's awesome. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I agree with you. It scares me a little uh, bit. No. Uh, Shh. Yeah. Say bye. Say bye. <laughs>